Hello, how the tech are you? I am historian Matt. I'm one of the hosts and a co-producer on this show. And I got a couple of interesting stories for you today. Uh, my first story is, uh, well, basically good news from the end of last year is basically 40% of electricity in the United States is emission free. And that data is coming from the U.S. Energy Information Agency. The data runs through October, so it's not all the way to the end of the year, but it's most of the year. Uh, I don't know if they're going to send another one for later in the year, or if that's their like end of their fiscal year or something like that, or data year, whatever you want to call it. Um, but basically, uh, some lots of good news in it overall, even though it's not perfect news. But for some of it is, you know, one of it is wind and solar combined now match the output for coal power and that's because basically wind and solar is continuing to to grow and coal power is continuing to decrease in in usage uh importantly which may not sound that that important but um importantly the energy use is flat so it's neither increasing or decreasing and basically why that is important is a lot of people were concerned that our total energy use is increasing while we're adding on solar and wind and wind power and these other, you know, emission-free sources, and that we basically weren't getting anything out of it. We were just keeping the coal power, keeping, you know, other uh uh fossil fuel power and you know energy sources while adding on wind and solar and we're just using more of it. But that doesn't seem to be the case. This is actually like reducing our overall use of uh um fossil fuels. The kind of a bad, kind of bad news, kind of good news, neutral kind of is uh, natural gas is unfortunately the fastest growing energy source, and it you know it increased by about three percent, three percent total of everybody. Anyways, um, the good news is even though you know natural gas is a fossil fuel, it is the lowest carbon emission per unit of energy of all carbon sources. So that's better. So overall, our, our carbon footprint for energy in the United States should be going down. And uh, but quickly, overall, uh, the breakdown of energy sources is forty-four percent natural gas, eighteen percent nuclear, sixteen percent coal, ten percent wind, six percent solar, and six percent hydro. So if you the numbers that are yeah you know emissionless is adding up nuclear wind solar and hydro um nuclear is uh, the highest number there that's surprisingly stayed flat it hasn't really uh, it might be coming down but we'll see but it's considered emissionless because we don't we don't put out nuclear stuff in the air unless there's a big problem but what do you think dave um i'm not surprised to see this high number on natural gas um yeah I mean, it's better than coal. It's good to see coal going down. Um, this is, yeah. I don't know if somebody would have asked me like what percent of electricity production was emission free. I would have probably guessed less than 40%. Yeah, I definitely would have, <laughs> but I mean, I don't think I would have, I don't want to, I don't think I'd have guessed 20%. I might've just said a third. Like if I, I yeah. but I don't know now because I've been primed with the the forty percent number, right? So I have no right. idea what I would have guessed if I came in cold yeah. here. My guess would have been I would have guessed under twenty percent, but I also probably would have forgotten about hydro and nuclear <laughs> as emission free. Like particularly nuclear is there's a lot more nuclear power in the United States than I was expecting, uh, and I was kind of surprised. But 
Um, it's it's still holding in there somewhat. Not there was actually like two new nuclear power plants coming. One was fully come uh, come online and this past year, uh, twenty twenty three, and one more is not quite started, but is all ready to go and just hasn't been turned on yet. May may have been turned on by the time this video gets out. I don't know. So yeah, nuclear, the, the thing is like everybody, nuclear is one of those things where everybody wants it, but everybody wants it somewhere else. Yeah, pretty much. And that's a lot of things, you know, we, you know, we, we that not in my backyard is not just, you know, a lot of people just think of it as like issues that are specific to like cities or uh, rich areas. But I mean, this is like nuclear is a really big one. And strangely enough, wind power is another one of those yeah. not in my backyard issues, which I find shocking because you, you, you haven't been in the Bay area. You, you know, you left, but I don't know if you remember if you traveled North, there was this, this hill you'd go over leaving like Livermore, I think into Tracy, you'd come over the crest yeah. of this hill and there'd be these windmills everywhere. And I just thought it looked so cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause they had like, older windmills and newer ones, you know, uh, or wind turbines, I guess they're, they're called, but, um, they, uh, yeah, they looked really cool. They're all over this hill. I guess it's some hill, some gap that, that had a lot of wind come through and they put the the road through. And that's probably the only reason they were allowed to do it because pretty much the only thing there was the, the interstate or whatever that was, was going through and it looked really cool. I, yeah. But also people complained about noise. And I remember, well, the cars were making more noise than the wind was. <laughs> farm was definitely yeah and i mean you know it's not gonna it's not gonna be without noise but they're up pretty high off the ground i don't know i mean yeah the other one they complain about is like oh it's gonna kill birds but you know tall buildings kill more birds than by like orders of magnitude you know more than than these wind farms do and there's ways of uh you know saving birds they've worked on ways of reducing the number of birds hit by these uh, big turbines and those turbines probably don't have nothing on the outdoor, uh, cat as far as no, killing birds. cats are way more too yeah, yeah, so. as well. Uh, so I don't remember how much they are, but they're, I think they might be the number one killer of birds. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and I think like, I think sometimes the concern about the birds is maybe a red herring for other more, n- yeah. not in my backyard kind of concerns. I think people yeah. think they're an eyesore. I know that but we I know that we didn't like, intend on talking about uh issues around the wind turbines, but it's 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 stunning actually because it's so weird like different people just think of like the wind turbines in such different ways. I mean, if I looked out the yeah. window and saw wind turbines, I'd be like, it is the future. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also like they do like offshore wind people, people complain about that. And you're like, it's literally in nobody's backyard. <laughs> right. Know? Like it's offshore, but they still complain. Oh, but we can see it from the coast, but not really, you know? And again, I, it, it just, I mean, what do, you, what do you want an oil rig there? I mean, you got to get the energy yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Um, the, the hydro one is interesting. I would have, if somebody would have asked what percentage of we got from hydroelectric, I'd have been like, is it even one? Yeah, it's a, it's quite a bit because we went and dammed like all the rivers. The problem with hydro is we can't add any more. We've dammed all the w- rivers that could po- we possibly can to pr- to produce uh, hydropower, and even we went over way overboard and we're like taking out dams now because they're causing problems. Right. Uh, the the 
<clears throat> there's some some places there and it's really small scale and not like making a lot of electricity but they're working on i don't know if this i think i guess it's hydroelectric where the tides are pushing turbines as well like yeah. ocean tides. yeah i guess that counts as well yeah yeah but that's yeah. that's not what most of this is from yeah they they're always looking into that there's that and like wave power and stuff and uh we've been seeing that sort of stuff for quite a while but nothing's Nothing of scale has been built. I don't think there's been any of those kind of farms or anything. Well, I think the ocean is just like a much more inhospitable and like the bottom of the ocean or whatever, the ocean floor or wherever, you know, because it, the stuff's going to get broken in the ocean. The, the, just the, well, the the thing is like stuff attaches to, you know, anything stable in the ocean. Barnacles. (laughs) Yeah. And that tends to foul up uh, stuff very quickly. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, yeah, the ocean is an inhospitable environment and probably not where we're going to be getting our electricity. Yeah. Uh, this is this is good news though. Um yeah. I'd like to see more Think- I'd like to see more nuclear, but the nuclear one is uh more um it's less like polarized actually and then as far as the not in my backyard versus wind. Like even very pro nuclear people don't want a nuclear plant five miles from their house. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, there's a as a, a small but very outspoken group of people are very anti-nuclear, there's been a growing movement to support nuclear because a lot of people realize that it's one of the best ways we're going to get out of this. Uh, you know, if we're going to reduce our emissions overall, that's one of the best ways of doing it. I don't think that's going to really happen, but it would be nice to see more. But the problem is, nuclear power uh, plants are really expensive to build. Uh, they take a long time to build. They don't take too long to build, but uh, but most of that is paperwork. It's not the actual building part of it. And uh, so it doesn't take much for anti-nuke people to, to block everything. Right. And, you know, I mean, not for nothing because of the amounts of water needed. It, the, the, the problem, and it's like the reasonable problem actually is that, hey, you're putting this on a you know on the ocean or a major waterway and if there is a problem now the problem is for you know the ocean or the major waterway that is not an unreasonable concern but that's i think that is actually you know if uh, if i'm going to try to be more practical about it that is an argument for tearing down the old plants and building new ones that are more safe yeah that is true but that's i don't want to go into that but yeah there's there's a whole issue with that um including there's a big i guess the nuclear power plant in california the big one uh was a diablo canyon is down now yeah uh shut down that was that was a big issue but yeah and i mean anyways, that's a, that's an old plant yeah it's an old plant the reason they shut it down I, I did look this up for other reasons but they shut it down because of uh it was an old plant had old reactor design to continue using it they would have to upgrade it or, you know, upgrade the safety uh, mechanism stuff. I don't, I don't know all the details, but it was because of safety, basically, and bringing it up to code. And that would been would have been, I think, at least a billion dollars to do. And they're like, no, we, we don't have the money for this. Right. And just, I don't know how much building a new one is, but, you know, building a new one, you'd, you'd get more, I think, more bang for your buck than retrofitting an old one. I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's tens of billions. Oh, well, and maybe I... Yeah. That's why I said it's expensive. Like you, you can't just like raise money. It's basically got to, got to be a government entity to build these things. Right. And I mean, actually that's, I mean, that's fine with me, you know? Um, yeah. 
you know i don't want yeah, i don't right. i don't want um you know i don't want a certain there's a there's a certain there's a certain entrepreneur who i really don't want building nuclear power plants <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well luckily he's more invested in solar so yeah he might be part of the problem <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean you know that's the, the, I, 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 I'm fine with uh, it being uh, government entities building them. Um, the only, you know, the only problem, one of the problems actually with decommissioning an old site is you can't really, that's now like a, a super fund site. If, 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 I mean, yeah. you're, yeah. you're not, you're not putting condos there. Even if you've cleaned it up properly, yeah. nobody's wants to use that land for anything. You put a park there nobody going to that park. <laughs> like, yeah. So now the land yeah. is, even if you, even if it's cleaned up and there's no, you know, the, the radiation is no different than anywhere else. People are still just going to be terrified of that plot of land. Yep. And pretty much. To, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't want a house that was built on a former nuclear power plant site. No, like no matter, no. even though, even though, you know, you could demonstrate to me that it was safe, I would still be like, all things considered, maybe I'll get the house over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, all other things yeah. being equal or, you know, no, or, you know, I could just imagine somebody be like, oh, we'll build low income housing there. I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Only build mansions there, please. Because we don't want they're just they'll clean, if something happens, they'll clean it up. They have right, the money to clean right, it up. Right. But yeah. uh, this this is all really interesting. And I'm I'm glad you because I didn't I didn't see this. And um it certainly wouldn't have come yeah. up on any of my other shows. So it's great. Yeah. What do you got? Talk about energy and stuff. So it's good. So my next topic uh, is on another topic that we cover a lot, but uh, some new info. But basically, New York New York Times wants all chat GPT instances deleted. Okay, maybe that's a little strong, but basically that's what they want. But basically, the, the New York Times has filed a lawsuit against several companies related to open AI. So not just open AI, but that's including places like, you know, companies like Microsoft, which has money, you know, so they can go after. But anyways, the... The uh, lawsuit alleges that not only is there copyright infringement, but also the people like uh, it allows people to circumvent the New York Times paywall, and it implies like hallucinated misinformation that you know G- ChatGPT comes up with all the time. That misinformation actually came from the New York Times when it really didn't; it just came out of nowhere. Uh, and there's some examples in the lawsuit, particularly for prompts. So there's some trivial prompts you can send to ChatGPT that will make it return large sections of New York Times articles. For and similarly, like not only can you do that, but similar prompts you can get it to make you know hallucinate information. And there's in the uh, linked article they, they give some examples of that. Uh, but finally, the you know the suit seeks to you know the erasure of all ChatGPT instances that were trained using New York Times content, and a permanent injunction preventing them from you know using New York Times content in the future. But also, of course, the New York Times wants money in terms of all sorts of damages, and the list of like all the damages is just too large to list here. But you can uh, see I don't even think it's a full list in the article that I linked. So what do you think? New York Times going after chat GPT. I mean, if they didn't ask to use the stuff and it's, you know, printing, uh, spitting out large chunks of a New York Times article, then uh, they, they they have a pretty, I, I would just, I don't know the laws around this, but, you know, just common sense, whatever that means, I would think they might have a pretty strong case here. 
Yeah, it sounds like a pretty strong case. And the example that I saw it is like, there are a couple of different ways. Like they would say, just originally you could just type in like, you know, tell me what the New York Times article said about this. And it would actually like return the New York Times article that was inside ChatGPT. But um, I think they've fixed that loophole. ChatGPT has fixed it. But then they're like, well, uh, if you type in the first like paragraph of an article from the New York Times, and I don't know exactly what else you have to put in the prompt, but basically that plus a little bit else, you can get it to print out the rest of the article. <laughs> so again, so there's like multiple loopholes to to get get at these articles, and that's what they're talking about in um, that that part of the the lawsuit. Um, yeah, and in some cases, you, it will say like. Uh, you know, tell it to summarize an, uh, an article and it will just like come up, make up information that's in this article from the New York times. So it's like a combination of like copyright fraud, uh, not copyright fraud, but copyright infringement. And I mean, almost maybe like defamation sort of by yeah. claiming that misinformation came like that false information came from the New York times. I'm not sure. Like, exactly. I'm not sure defamation is the exact right thing here, but it seems like, that is bad for the reputation of the New York times. If people right, right. are like, well, the New York times said this, this is false. And then the New York times never said that. Well, can't sue the chat bot itself. So I guess you got to go after the people that made the chat bot. Right. Yep. Exactly. So I don't know if they're going to be able to, or I don't know what's, what's going to happen. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there is just a, a settlement and, you know, Microsoft or, open AI maybe you know with Microsoft's help or something just pays off the New York Times hopefully on an ongoing basis if they want to continue using their articles but uh, we'll see what happens I suspect they're not going to not going to just shut down chat GPT well but I mean if the if the if New York Times thinks they have a strong enough case and they're like I'm not settling this with you I not only I not only want the money and the damages I also want because like settlements are sometimes sealed they're like i also want everything that happened here on the public record so that then we can publish articles about it that you can't use to train your next chat you know what i'm saying like i could see where i could see where if if the new york times and their attorneys are of a mind they could just be like nah we're not settling this we would like this to play out in the public because this is a matter of public interest because no amount of money, honestly, is going to solve the problem. Right. And it's not like, <clears throat> it's not like the, you know, whatever the settlement is, is wouldn't be, I mean, it could be, it could be into the, the billions, but like, that's not really going to solve the problem for the New York Times. Well, the New York Times is like, hey, like, it costs us a lot of money to pay reporters and you know researchers to go out and like you know get this information and you know write up these articles like and you're just basically scraping it and using it for free that's not that's not cool <laughs> you know uh you need, you need to pay us for our, our work right and the bell's that's already part the, of it. the bell there's already been rung and you know the you know, the option for um, open AI, I think would have to be to retrain all, all their models. Yeah. And I think how do they, and what's the, what it, what guarantee <clears throat> would the New York times have that the new training 
wouldn't use their data and just wouldn't use their information and just do everything in their power to obfuscate that they've done that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were trying to basically obfuscate it right now, right? Because they wanted to use all this information to, or all these articles to train their, their, uh, model, but they didn't expect that you'd be able to get the original articles back out. Right. And that you, they would just be used as information for, you know, random prompts to, to put out informa- interesting information. But clearly there's some major issues with this type of model. Yeah. I, you know, I, most of this stuff does settle, but this is one where I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like the New York times has like all the leverage here because I think so. The other thing they could do is go, Hey, um, have you heard of our friends at the Los Angeles times? <laughs> yeah. Did you know they're, um, did you know about the Washington post? Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of the San Francisco Chronicle? Yeah. <laughs> like the thing is, saying? I don't know how many of these other, other, uh, companies there had their stuff scraped, right? <laughs> They know like specifically because of leaks from OpenAI that, you know, New York times was a big source of, of their, you know, training data, uh, other, but what's interesting is we know also that Wikipedia is another big source, but I think there's some, you know, legal issues around that. Like, uh, is most of those articles basically like, uh, creative commons licensed or something? Yeah. I don't think the, the Wikimedia foundation is um would be inclined to go after because they're yeah. they you know it's volunteer they do it on donations this is a thing that actually that like that something like wikipedia was maybe not built for because they w- this wasn't foreseen but yeah. but this is i think this is a use that had someone you know when they started wikipedia said oh you know i'm from the future and there's going to be a chatbot that's going to answer questions and uh, it's probably going to train on this encyclopedia. I feel like the uh, people that did that would be like, well, that's rad. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Probably a lot of them. Uh, Cause everybody who's contributing is not really looking for money. Right. Uh, In fact, nobody contributing is looking for money. Right. That's sort of the point. So I don't think, I don't think that they're, I, they're on, I couldn't imagine them going after, I could imagine them, you know, being like, Hey, you scraped our data. Could you, you know, maybe publicly pressuring them to donate to the foundation, but not yeah. via legal means. Right. 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 But not via lawsuits. But well, the other thing I was just thinking, like if they used Wikipedia's, uh, you know, articles and their creative commons, and I mean, they're, they're different creative commons license, but it's, you know, I'm specifically thinking of the share and share alike. Does that mean that their model is now licensed under creative Commons share and share alike? <laughs> Oh, this, this all becomes real dicey real fast. And yeah. I'm telling you, if it was training on New York times, there's no way it was not training, training on the LA times, San Francisco Chronicle, et cetera. Yeah. There's absolutely Yeah. I just no don't way. know if there's specific evidence of that right now. Oh, but well, yeah, it makes totally makes sense that they would just scrape all everything. Well, that's the thing about, that's the thing about the discovery process, Matt. Yeah. Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing about the discovery process is, uh, if, you know, if the, if the court says, if the court says, oh no, we need, you need to provide the defense with a list of everything you used actually to train this model. Yeah. Well, now that's in the court record, isn't it? Yep. And, uh, um, yeah. I could, 
you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm not a legal expert, but I could certainly see maybe the New York times asking for that during discovery, maybe to like stick their thumb in someone's eye in some sort of way. Like, you know, cause yeah, that, you know, that, that's how lawyers do. It's not all about the, um, the judgment in the case, because if they're trying to settle there, it, it's about leverage when you're trying right. to like you, you are. Right. And, you know, this isn't like a legal opinion or legal advice. It just stands to anytime you're negotiating anything with anybody, you want leverage over them. Yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be real good if any of it ever sees the light of day. And I, I feel like, I feel like a newspaper sort of has an obligation to do this in such a way where the, some of the details about this do see the light of day. It is yeah. different than other organizations. Not to say that the New York Times is necessarily going to do it that way, but I I would be uh, very disappointed if that wasn't one of the um, the the concerns or one of the the goals of this too was to you know you know yeah you're suing this thing but you're a journalistic entity so through the through the lawsuit if you can provide more information to the public about what's going on you're doing your job as a journalistic outlet while you're suing them. And I yeah. think that's probably the best use for a lawsuit like this, but odds are that it'll be, it'll be, um, it'll be settled and sealed and sealed and settled. And yeah. then, then, then everybody, we'll then see. it'll just start getting leaked and then nobody will really know what happened at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll keep an eye on this lawsuit and, keep everybody informed absolutely absolutely well i guess this is my turn now yeah hey everybody how the tech are you i'm producer dave i am the co-producer of this show which is crazy to say i am the producer <laughs> the sole producer kind of of all the other shows at echoplex media just check that check out our website echoplexmedia.com where we have echoplex media i got two stories here this week First one is uh, about India. Um, the uh, recorded live, everyone. The Indian government, um, India's financial intelligence unit, has uh, says that nine crypto exchanges are operating illegally. Uh, the two best known are Binance and Kraken. There are 31 f crypto firms that did register with the financial intelligence uh, unit. When those 31 crypto uh, one <laughs> of those 31 crypto firms registered with the FIU, uh, many traders maybe went away to those other nine firms that did not to uh, you know, avoid taxes. Uh, one of those firms that registered uh, dropped over 90% in their trading and, uh, and just customer base, probably to one of these nine firms that didn't register. And the exchanges uh, to be blocked are simply not in compliance with uh, Indian money laundering regulations. And uh, in the past, uh, Binance, the founder CZ, had said that India is not a crypto-friendly environment. This is uh, this would have been a Matt story, I think, most weeks. And I, when I saw it, I went and checked the docket and was like, "Is Matt doing this one?" I'm like, "Oh, I can do a crypto story." <laughs> yeah, this one has slipped by on me, but uh, I'm glad you covered it. But I don't know a whole lot about India's market, but I have heard that. Exchanges were struggling in in India, and I'm assuming that that one that exchange that dropped by like ninety percent of their traffic, like 
they were probably wholly in India as you know, that's their only place. And, um, they probably were trying to abide by the, uh, the rules and regulations in India and crypto people are weird. Some of them, you know, some of them are probably really are bad guys who are laundering money and they really did move over, but some of them just, they, they may not be doing anything wrong at all, but you know, don't want to be tracked or something or feel like they're being tracked too much. Yeah. It's some of it. I think some of it, you're right. I think less of it was probably that the organized crime was like, well, we can't crime here anymore. And more of it was probably some sort of like, like ideological, uh, yeah. Problem. But you may have been right. It's like a lot of it may have been taxes. I think India has a big problem with people skipping out on taxes in various ways. I mean, hiding money in informal economies and stuff like that. I mean, that's every country, but you know, I, and there's, there's, I think there's a big difference too, when people like aren't paying taxes through informal economies on like, you know, cash only purchases of like, right. Like food or something that are happening in, you know, in India, there are still, you know, small villages that India isn't, isn't fully like the United States or Europe yet. They're on their way there, but I think it's, that's a, there's a big difference between those sorts of informal economies, like almost like where people are bartering or using cash to buy like, you know, goods that they need, like an onion or something versus yeah. these crypt versus crypto, which is going to generally be people of a higher socioeconomic class, uh, generally from the, the cities or the like yeah. suburban areas. So I think that, you know, those are two very different things. And I would imagine that a country like India would be more inclined to want to um, crack down on the latter because the, the former you would have to, you know, embed people in these small villages to find out, who's selling the illegal onion for cash. And that seems like a lot of work and you're just going to ruin somebody's life and you're not going to get anything out of it. So, right. Right. You know, uh, there's, there's rumors that this CZ guy, that this Binance is, uh, going to get, going to get hit by the U S or Europe pretty soon. So, no, no, he's already been hit by the U S and, uh, I don't know if he got fined, but he has stepped down as a CEO of, of Binance and, uh, is not allowed to involve himself in crypto or think in the, in the future. Uh, I don't know. We haven't covered that, I guess, but <laughs> uh, yeah, he's out by uh, CZ is out of Binance. Hmm. Well, maybe I, I was hearing that there there's that people think that the regulators in Europe and or the U S are, com- are coming for Binance now. Yeah. Like just more broadly. Yeah. I think they uh, came to some sort of settlement and they're supposed to be get, getting into compliance now. But yeah, uh, Binance was found to be like, supposedly they weren't running in, you know, United States a while ago. They, they pulled all operations. They, they had like a Binance US. I don't, I think they, they dropped that just because they didn't want to go through all the work to come into compliance with US, with the, you know, US regulations. And what they started doing is like, oh, they're saying on one hand, oh, we're not a US company. We're not dealing with US citizens at all. And then on the other hand, they were, they had like websites up and, um, different places on, on information of how to get around, you know, the, the, uh, blockages, you know, the geofencing basically of, of the U S and Binance was basically get a VPN and, and change that VPN to have you come out of Russia or China or something. I don't know where, where right. they're coming out of, I think they're Hong Kong based, but, uh, yeah. So that's how they're getting around the, the regulations and people are still using Binance from the U S so 
They're like, hey, you can't do that. Like, we know you're doing this. Right. Because at some point, if you're at some, at, there's at some point, there's got to be a way for them to figure out, hey, wait a minute. Why is this person using a Visa card or like, yeah, yeah. Like, or, you know, that I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the, what the, what the deal is or, hmm, this seems to be a VPN. <laughs> like, yeah. A lot of it was VPN. I don't know how you transferred your bank account, you know, your right. money from your bank account over, but you know, I didn't go into that much detail on my research. <laughs> right. Cause I wasn't using, I don't use Binance. You know, anyway. it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy because these companies, it seems to me like these exchanges, these crypto exchanges want the benefits of being like a legitimate financial institution without the responsibilities yeah. of being a legitimate financial institution. Yeah. Well, specifically, almost certainly Binance did some of the other uh, exchanges. I won't name names. Like some of them are actually trying to be in compliance. They, they don't like to go to jump through all these hoops, but they, they do it to stay in compliance and be, you know, in good faith, you know, <laughs> try to try to be uh, in compliance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody so continue doing business. You're not going to meet, you know, the banks don't like the regular, you know, regular banks don't really like all the regulation they have to go through. Either, right. But you know, they, yeah. You know, in order to, um, bank to do a, a bank, they do all the bank regulation. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's weird. And, um, you know, India has a whole other set of problems. I don't really want to get into right now, uh, as far as, uh, the government being heavy handed, uh, but this doesn't really seem like one of those cases. Yeah. So, yeah. I, again, I don't know the regulations in India. Uh, everybody always complains about regulations. So it's, you can't really like say, Oh, Oh, India is probably going too far but in compared to the United States or something, but no, like everybody complains about it. So who knows if it's really that hard or not? I mean, it sounds like some companies were, some exchanges actually did do the right thing, but, uh, they didn't grow. Yeah. They, they lost all their, and, I mean, it makes sense then that the the places where all the assets want that the government would be inclined to just be like, well, you got to we got to shut you down now because all these other people went through, you know, they made it's an investment to comply. Right. It was an investment right. to register yourself with this you know, financial intelligence unit. And so these companies made that investment. And then what they saw from the investment was a massive loss. And yeah. so it's like. You know, if you want to, I'm not even sure if like being fair is the right way to talk about it, but yeah, if you want this to be a, yeah, I guess fair, well then you gotta, if you're going to have these regulations, you, you, they have to have teeth. Otherwise the companies that follow them are just going to get screwed. So, yep. yeah, well, that was my first story. My next one is a lot more fun actually. <laughs> okay. We, uh, we're going to free the mouse here. On the date of this recording, New Year's Day, a 2024, and New Year's Day every year, um, many works entered the public domain. Today, however, Mickey from Steamboat Willie and the silent version of Plane Crazy are included in that list. This is a big deal here. Also included is an early version of Minnie Mouse, and other notables include works from Virginia Woolf, W.E.B. Du Bois, Du Bois, Du Bois, and uh, one of my favorites, M.C. Escher. Uh, the coolest thing, though, I think, that entered the public domain was the German composition 
of the Three Penny Opera original song, Mac the Knife. I love that song. It's a very cool song. Um, someone has already trained an AI with the 1928 Mickey, Minnie, and Pete. And there is a horror game coming out featuring the 1928 Mickey. Ironically, we're not running the trailer for that because of copyright. Um, <laughs> but for Mickey, things are a little more complicated. And you can't just pass off your drawing even of the old Mickey. Uh, of him as like Disney's Mickey Mouse as it violates trademark law to do so. Um, this is something to keep an eye on because I think no matter how this shakes out or what people try to do or how much they try to follow the rules here, I think Disney's just going to sue goddamn everybody who tries to use this anyway. What do you have to say yeah. about this, Matt? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of info and a lot of different you know YouTube creators are talking about and different people, um, including uh, um, last week last week tonight they they did a big thing earlier in the year because they saying this is coming up uh they're off at the moment so we'll see what happens in the new year so one of the tricks is you you kind of mentioned it but didn't go into the details but uh you know disney had been extending they've been lobbying and extending copyright uh year after year to to keep basically mickey mouse copyrighted and then they they suddenly dropped it and stopped doing it because they have made a trademark one of the things they've done is taken the steamboat Willie and made like a logo out of him and trademarked that. So you got to be real careful, like what you're doing with it and like how uh, you could be infringing on the, on the trademark. And there's a lot of questions on how that's going to work out. Is that trademark now just going to be the, the new copyright protection for, for steamboat Willie and the original Mickey mouse. Um, so yeah, and there's a lot of other stuff that that just went into the public domain, including, as I found out, there is, and I don't remember the name of the film. There's like this German expressionist film, uh, of a uh, that just went into public domain, and part of it is uh, apparently it's a fairly scary, interesting movie, but uh, part of it is the main character, uh has a permanent smile kind of like this grotesque smile on his face and that's important because that was used as sort of the prototype for the joker uh in the batman original batman comics so uh i think it's original batman comics that <laughs> one of one of the versions of it so like this the the base for that i mean they look really similar uh, it can, you know, comes from something that's now, uh, out of copyright. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I don't think that in prior years I've looked to see what entered the public domain. <clears throat> you know, I, this is, I mean, just in my opinion, this is absurd that we're going all the way back to 1928 and like yeah. that things are still under copyright for that long. I think, I think the people from 1928 that did things have made their money on it by now, or they haven't like it's, it's a, it's a long time. Well, probably dead. So right. if they haven't made their money. Right. But what I'm saying now. is like, even like 50 years, like you've either made your money on something or you haven't. Yeah. And right. Doing, you know, having copyright extend for this long is simply, simply a cash grab by big corporations. Cause individual creators, you know, might not even be around 50 years after what they made is, um, yeah, is, you know, was, was made and they don't have the, the wherewithal and the resources to 
go after uh, people who use it anyway. Right. So, yeah. But it's neat that uh, the McDon that the McDonald's that the Mickey from Steamboat yep. Willie is now technically in the public domain. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun seeing people try to test this, and I think we're I think we're going to be following up on this uh, later right. uh, over the course of this year because I I can't see. I can't see Disney not just suing goddamn everybody. I just can't see them not <laughs> yeah. doing it. Yeah. Like you said, on the trademark, they're just going to say, well, now you're infringing on the trademark. Exactly. Yeah. And but I don't know how, like, how specific that is, right? Tr trademark is supposed to be a lot more specific than copyright. Right. Like uh, a, a trademark would be like your name or like a logo would be trademark. Right. Copyright, it would be for Steamboat Willie, the, video yeah yeah as as it as it were as it were so this will be interesting um yeah i don't know i don't know uh you know uh, good luck to the person who trained the ai on this and good luck to the people <laughs> who made a video game with terrifying mickey a uh, good luck to all of you <laughs> yeah i guess we will follow up on all this oh it will be it will be everywhere this year it will yeah this 2024 is going to be an interesting year for a lot of reasons, but I think the tests of this are going to be very interesting um, for uh, like people who cover creators and uh, media, as well as people who cover technology. And I think we're going to be hearing lots more about this and it'll be interesting to see what the courts do, like sort of when the, when the rubber meets the road here. And I guess uh, that's the show. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and read it out for the podcast. Hey, podcast okay. listeners! Thanks for checking out. How the tech are you? I almost just said the name of a different show right there. Uh, we do this show um, not live, and it comes out hopefully on Wednesdays. And uh, check out all our stuff at EchoplexMedia.com. And if you uh, think I am interesting, um, you can check out the live shows at Twitch.tv/EchoplexMedia. Have a great tech and week.